We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Hey 
Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me to talk about the fourth place, Indiana Pacers. Another victory tonight over the Utah Jazz, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how we doing, brother? Oh, man, on a night like tonight, we are vibing right now. <laughs> the Pacers are rolling. This is a team that I felt early on. They were down 10. I went, oh, my God, we did it. We looked ahead to Milwaukee. The Pacers come crawling back, and they win this one 134 to 118. It was a game that we saw quite a few players look awesome in, but you defended your home court against a team that you felt you were better than, and that is exactly what you have to do in the NBA. Uh, I just have to say this, Fachi, is is Ben Matherin back because tonight, season high in minutes, 38 minutes for Ben Matherin, 9 of 18 from the floor, 4 of 7 from 3, dropped 22 points, also had two steals and four assists, plus 18 for the night. I think that was the best plus minus of anybody on the Pacers roster. So thoughts on Ben Matherin's performance? This is the performance that everybody was waiting on. Something like this can just have someone be able to put their head on a pillow tonight and sleep like a baby. Because <laughs> if we don't need to shift everything and move Mather into the bench, look, we were looking at it just before we got on here. The nine rebounds tonight, a career high. But he does it – it ties a career high. But he does it also in a night where he did have four assists. The two steals in addition to the 22 points on efficient shooting. He's nine of 18, but four of seven from three-point line. At one point, he was four of five in the game. So it's like – the jumper looked awesome tonight. One thing we have to highlight, five offensive rebounds for Benedict Matherin. I mean, this man was everywhere tonight, mm-hmm. and I feel like Rick gave him those extra minutes to get him that confidence. And, and look, he's never short of confidence, but a night like tonight is going to have Matherin feeling real good. You know, what's really funny is Rick Carlisle puts out a quote yesterday on the radio and well, basically says – you know, if you're looking to him to score 20 points a game, well, you know, that's not what we're all about, basically. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the next game, Ben Mathern, <laughs> he drops more than 20 points. So it's just funny to me how everything kind of played out. Now, you would think 22 points from Mathern, 22 from Turner, those are your two leading scorers. But once again, Mr. Consistent himself, Aaron Neesman. Drops 24 points off the bench, 9 of 13 from the field, played 30 minutes tonight, 4 of 6 from 3. I just can't keep saying enough great things about Aaron Neesmith. I'm to the point right now where I feel like if you're ranking this Pacers roster from start to finish this season so far through the first eight games, he has been the second best player on a consistently uh, on a consistency level in terms of what you're getting every night. I think obviously number one is Tyrese, but I think – we have always gotten what we expect from Aaron Neesmith almost every night. Yeah, and obviously those expectations range, you know, on, on based on the roles and everything. But for Aaron Neesmith's role, he has been very consistent, but not just consistent. He's been far above expectations. I mean, coming into this year, you and I, we were crunching out these minutes. It just, no matter how many minutes we had carved out for Neesmith, it didn't feel like enough. You were giving him, a, like, hardly any. I mean, look, we were both trying to go through this. He, he Whatever you had for him still wasn't enough. It, it, it was I was higher tough. on him than you. I know that. But you thought there might be a way he gets edge out of the rotation. Uh, I, I mean, I, I found out some. I mean, you had Buddy at like like 15 minutes a game. Well, I know. I was so. going with the 10-man. I mean, okay, let's be fair here. We all thought Jairus was going to play. 
Yeah. And Jairus has not played. But I was just I was just kind of mind like I was just baffled whenever you were talking about like Neesmith getting like six minutes a game or something like that at one point. I ended up having him at like up to twelve and I didn't feel great about it. And it was it's like just, he, he's too pivotal you know. for this team, regardless of who's right or wrong. He's just too pivotal for this yeah. team to not play more than 20 minutes a game. Oh, no. And look, when we look at it tonight I mean, the 24 points, I mean, he was doing it all around. I mean, he ends the game with just a ferocious slam from up for how Burton passed. But he had to go from three point land as well. Four of six. I mean, you know he's bringing the defense every single night. I just feel like the bench, I mean, it was already good last year. This is a bench unit that led the NBA in scoring last year. I think they're better this year, and we're going with a shorter rotation. I just feel that the four players that you expect to play every single night, Jalen Smith, Aaron Neesmith, Andrew Nemhart, Buddy Heald, those four players are bringing production on a very consistent basis for this Pacers team. It's just amazing to see right now. It was uh, 59 points off the bench tonight for, for those oh. four guys. I mean, you got to love that. Our bench has been fantastic this season. It feels like when they play well, we usually win the game. If they don't play well, it feels like we're going to lose the game to a certain degree or be in a much closer comp uh, contest than you would hope so. But, I mean, look at these numbers from Aaron Neesmith for the season, Fachi. I mean, I'm kind of blown away. Because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this is obviously before tonight's stats, but these stats that he had tonight were just through the charts, you know, off the charts. But 50.9% from the field, 45.2% from three. Free throw percentage has to get better. He's only at 60% this year. But you feel good about the direction he's heading because he's shooting 45% from the three-point line. And I think he's had about 31 three-pointers this season. So that's a that's a good sign. And that's before tonight's game where he went, you know, what Four was six. Four of six from the uh, from three. So you add those Take to the total. 50%. Yeah, that puts them at 18 of 30, 37. 18 of 37 for the for the season right now from three, which is a very good percentage. It, it really is. And I tweeted it out before the game because I was just like, look, I knew the Pacers were shooting the ball well from, from three-point land. Six Pacers coming into this game shooting above 40% from three-point land. I mean, for a team that lives and dies by the three, they won a game tonight shooting just 13 of 41. It's good for just under 32%. So it's nice to, to say that, look, if the three-point ball is not falling, oh, man, the Pacers are done. In reality, Buddy Heel, Tyrese Halliburton, they go uh, – it was three of 18 from three, but there was plenty of other guys that were able to step up across the board. The Pacers didn't have to just rely on that tonight. But, Alex, this is a – team that we knew coming into tonight was leading the NBA in scoring. They drop mm. 134 tonight. I mean, this this team, they're scoring 120-plus points in their sleep. I mean, how fun is this to watch where they're not just scoring? They're winning. And mm. I, I know 118 points, look, it's not something to give up to feel great about. But at the same point, man, I mean, 134 points, 152, you know, 143. What we're seeing through eight games is unbelievable for a young team. Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Simmons said it best today on his Wednesday morning podcast was this Pacers team, they can beat anybody on any given night because of how dynamic they are offensively. And that is really special to see. At the same time, their defense has been really bad. If you look at the numbers – you know, 25th in defensive rating before before this game tonight. But they're second in offensive rating and second in pace. So it's like really great at offense, really bad at defense. And 
Once again, in the third quarter, they allowed 38 points to the Jazz. You just cannot do that. No matter no matter how good you play offensively, you got 34 points, you give up 38. It's like you want to see more of those under 30 points per game. Like we talked about that. I know the players talked about that, keeping them under 30. But, you know, you held them to 20 in the fourth, and that is like, okay, we found that balance there because that's about an average of 29 points a quarter if you combine the third and the fourth together. So this is where the Pacers have got to continue to develop their defensive scheme, get better at things. We've talked about this at nauseum, so I don't want to keep going down that path, but we have a special offensive talent. We have a special, special talented offensive team. And I feel so good about what they're doing. And then when you see Ben Matherin shooting the ball while getting to the basket, that opens up a lot more because he has not really had a game like this all season long. And I think that that changes things and it allows for Tyrese to go scoreless in the first half and still be up by seven. And that was very interesting because Halliburton had been so aggressive. You know, you want to say at least maybe the last few quarters of basketball. Like it felt like that second half, um, you know, a few games ago came out really strong. And then last game against San Antonio, he comes out in the first half really strong. Just two shot attempts by, by halftime against the Jazz. I was like, what is going on for Halliburton? He had like seven assists at the, at the time, so that was great. But Comes out, drops, it was either 14 or 16 points in that third quarter. And I felt like he really made it a priority. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to score. And that just shows how talented of a player that he is. That he could just basically tell himself he's going to do it. And he did it. He finished yeah. the game with 16 points, 13 assists, 6 rebounds. Does it on 6 of 12 shooting. It's just this man right over here is... We are so blessed to be able to watch Tyrese Halliburton on a nightly basis because the 13 assists to just two turnovers. Like, he makes everything go and everybody around him better that even when he's not scoring the ball, he's still really impacting this game. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is a special player. The Pacers have got themselves a franchise guy. And we've talked about, like, he needs to be assertive and kind of get things going offensively early on, but... What do you have, two shot attempts before the two. half tonight? So yep. when you're only shooting two times, it's like, okay, I want to say he had seven assists, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. So seven assists in the first half, only two shot attempts. It's like, okay, he didn't have to take over offensively. Yeah, maybe you would have liked to have seen it here and there, but at the same time, he kind of picks his spots once again, when to take over as a score, when to turn on that switch. But just looking at the attempts, Fachi, it's just it's great to see the amount of attempts go up for him this year, really separating himself from the pack. Because if you look at Philgo's attempted before tonight's game, he had 102, which is a lot. Only person on the Pacers in, in triple digits for uh, a Philgo's attempted this season. And you have to remember, he didn't play one of these games too. So it's yeah. like guys that have played in all seven games still had underneath him. I think the next closest one at that point was Miles Turner with 78. So. He Big is difference. separating the pack, separating himself from the pack, being more uh, assertive as a scorer and looking for a shot more. But in a game like tonight against the Jazz, a very, I would say, talented team, but they're dealing with some injuries and they're still young. And last year was kind of a, you know, put people on notice type thing. They're just two and seven. They're not a good team right now, but they still gave the Pacers a bit of a scare here. Throughout this game, it felt like the Pacers, once they kind of got the lead, could never get over that seven-point lead until probably the fourth quarter when they had a dominant quarter. So I, I will say this. Have you noticed a certain position that constantly kills the Pacers defensively? 
Um, I mean, there, there's, there's been. Uh, let, me, let me take a look at tonight. Well, yeah, Jordan Clarkson actually absolutely torched the Pacers tonight. He, he was, he was really good. He had 15 points in the first half, 33 for the game. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's centers. It feels like it's centers and really good guards. It's well, not course, like fours yeah. have been killing us. Because I immediately, my first thing was like, man, I mean, Evan Mobley destroyed us in that that you know first game against the Cavs. Or he had like 33 and 14 or whatever it might, it might have been. So it's like, Vucevic. that was my first guess. Ex- exactly. Vuce had. Mark Williams. Yeah. Those guys have absolutely destroyed the Pacers. And obviously, you know, Lloyd Marketing, hey, good player. He had a good game tonight, 24 and 9. Um, yeah, you know, but that didn't feel like, oh man, we got crushed. Like, I it, think Jordan Clarkson getting 33 is like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I was yeah. on 26 shot attempts, but I was thinking quick guards like Terry Rozier had a really good game against us. Yep. Donovan Mitchell had a really good game. Obviously. game if he didn't get hurt. So, What'd you say? Uh, Terry Rozier even got hurt, didn't finish that game really. Yeah. He was playing well. So, uh, you know, it definitely the Pacers have their struggles defensively. It's, it's crazy because it's like, if you're going to be a bad defensive team, you better be an elite offensive team. And luckily, as of now, the Pacers are. But can it last all season? I don't know. You and I hope the Pacers could be at least a top 20 defensive unit. In yeah. Now, and that even, uh, that's looking like a stretch. All right. Let's just take a minute and talk about Kelly Olenek for the Jazz. I was getting text messages about just how much people hate Kelly Olenek. Are you yeah, still in that good. same boat? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, and, and for the boat, I, I'm wondering if you're still referring to when I had him as the 10th on a top 10. Hey, I wasn't going to bring that up. You brought I, that up. I'm I saying know, on the like, boat of, he, like, not liking was, him. Okay. No, I think Kelly Olenek, and I stand by this, is the player you don't want to play against and that player you like having on your team. Yeah. There's a plenty of players that fall into that category. Glory, totally, totally different players, but like, like Lance Stevens is one of those guys. You love him as a teammate. You don't like playing against him. Kelly Olenek, I can't remember exactly who it was in this game. He had a dirty play where he grabbed someone's arm and and was like kind of like twisting it and got a foul. And I That's was like, every Class. game with him. I know. It's just like classic Kelly Olenek. I forgot who it was a couple years ago. He did this to the Pacers and like almost hurt someone. So it's just who he is. It's it's like what he does but um at the same point you know hey luckily we only have to play him you know once maybe twice a year uh you know give he's in the western conference so we, we can live with that but one other player i want to give a shout out to alex i didn't get a chance to shoot out my Jalen smith for three tweets tonight what was that where was that at he didn't shoot one but i was i was uh, but it could have been there I know, but edge of my seat material, I was like, come on, just shoot it, shoot it. But 16 points, 11 boards. He had a block. He sent he sent the ball, you know, into the stands. I mean, he has just been so good for the Pacers. But it's not just like the 11 rebounds. It's like some of them are aggressive rebounds where it's just like he's just coming in there, diving out of nowhere and ripping the ball out. At one point, I can't remember who it was on the Jazz, just like bear-hugged him, fouled him as if he was Shaq. I was like, where did this come from, Jalen Smith? It, night after night, he's been so consistent. He was someone who came into this game shooting like 66% from three and over 70% from the field. So I, I think right now between you know Aaron E. Smith, Jalen Smith, like we mentioned about that bench unit, those two have been so good for the Pacers. And that's that internal growth. That we were hoping for. And while I'm at it, we're just talking about the bench. Andrew Nemhard tonight, 
nine and seven, no turnovers, essentially two buzzer beaters. He goes four or four from the field. I feel that he has not been like explosive for this Pacers team. He's just been good. Yeah. No, you can't say enough great things about Jalen Smith. Every time I look at his per 36, I just start laughing because it's just through the roof. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. 73.7% field goal wise. Uh, this is per 36, 66.7 from three. Um, let's see, 76.9 from two, uh, 60% from the free throw. That's not great, but 13.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and he would be second in points, 24.4 in the per 36 minutes. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton, number one. But I do want to talk a little bit, Fachi, about the the bad shooting from Buddy Hilton, Tyrese Halliburton from deep. They were just three of eighteen tonight, and the Pacers still managed to win this game. Miles Turner, what do you have? Twenty two points in twenty three minutes. I think that is something to look at because he just dominated without Walker Kessler out there for the Utah Jazz. They just don't have an answer for Miles, and he really attacked those mismatches. I really enjoyed that. And then I I feel like Andrew Nimhart started getting it going there at the end of the third, and that carried over into the fourth quarter. I felt like that was a big momentum uh, swing right there for him and for this Pacers team. Yeah, and it really wasn't speaking on Turner. I mean, the Pacers just hopped on his back in that first half. He had 20 of the 22 points in the first half in 13 minutes. Really didn't need Miles in that second half. But that first half, I mean, he was just a man on a mission out there. Uh, Really, you know, just shouldered the load for this Pacers team. And I, I just think that that was a big part of not only being able to, you know, erase that 10-point deficit deficit but really start to push ahead so i think that all players kind of had their, their moments i mean bruce brown had a dunk that you know look i'm five foot ten on a good day when i saw bruce brown dunk that i felt like that was what i would look like dunking it because it just looked like he had to like go up so high in the air just to barely dunk it and i was just like man i don't know why i'm laughing at a guy who's easily would be towering over me but it, it felt like it was like, you know, the Pacers sideline, they were, they were giving them, they were laughing at him. They knew it's like, this ain't a guy who's dunking it too much. Are you a Bruce, are you a country music fan like Bruce Brown? I like some country music. Yeah. Okay. Top three. Um, Let me see. So I'm trying to think of uh, Zach Brown band is okay. sentimental to me because that's where Amy and I really connected. We went to a Zach oh. Brown concert. Yeah. Really, that, really what's good What's your go-to song? Uh, chicken fried rice or chicken fried. That's what it's called. Chicken fried rice. There's no, there's no rice at the end of it. It's just chicken fried. Yeah. So oh, it's <laughs> the funniest it's, thing I've heard on the podcast. Chicken fried. Uh, gr- great song. You know, um, and we have tickets to a, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Luke Combs Luke, concert. Luke Combs. Or, I was about to ask that. Yeah. Luke Combs concert. We have the tickets. That's not, that's not until like next July, but we already bought the. That is a favorite of Bruce Brown's. They are yeah. always bumping some Luke Combs when he's out there shooting. Oh yeah, no, he, fast he's car. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So okay, we got know, the third gotta... third artist, Fachi. We got we got two in right now. I don't know if I really got a third. You know, uh, Morgan Wallen, Mor- eh. Chris Stapleton. Uh, so I've been to Chris Stapleton concert okay. before. Yep. So he was good back in the day. Used to bump some Kenny Chesney. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. She thinks my tractor sexy used to be a jam back in the day. Uh, you know that, that that song probably came out about twenty years ago, but I, I still remember. You know, still remember that uh, song. I remember it too. That's what's so funny. 
<laughs> really turns her on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Actually, funny story. I actually had to perform oh, no. that song back in the day. Um, you perform it? Yeah, I had to perform it with like a, a group of people. Uh, so that's why I very much remember that song. So wow. long time ago. So yeah, got video mm-hmm. footage of that. I do not, do not. Just got yeah, the memories. That's a bummer. Just got the memories. Yep. Okay. But well, hey, enough about country music. Uh, you know, obviously we got a, a couple country music fans on uh, on this team between you know Miles Turner, Bruce Brown. I like it. You know what? Sure Miles is a country fan. Miles Turner. I would imagine what? so. I mean, maybe why? Stereotype well, I mean, from from Texas. Uh, He's a pretty good classic rock guy, man. He was talking about Freddie Mercury's a uh, yeah, little... other night. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm think... sure living in the Dallas area, you are exposed to more country music. We'll, we'll like, have to ask him next time he's on the podcast. If he's a country guy. I'm sure he's got a couple couple songs he likes. Yeah, he's diverse. You know. Man, I will I will tell you what, every time Bruce Brown's warming up and I've been there at the game, they're always playing Country Girl, Shake It for Me Girl. Luke yep. Bryan. Dude, that song is stuck in my head every time uh, I go to the game. It's the most catchy, catchy song. And I'm not is. even the biggest Luke Bryan fan. He's fine. He's whatever. Yeah. Um I, I actually like him more as an American Idol judge, but with that being said, it's just it's just funny to me that Little things like that get in your head, and you're sitting there like at work, and you're just going country girl. Yeah. Like, roaming, uh, okay, fine. Get you yep, some yep. now. All right, yep. I like it. So yeah, you know we're not talking about jazz music. We're talking about country music because no, no jazz. in 49 states it's just basketball, but this is Indiana, right? So mm-hmm. uh, back to the Pacers. Obviously, this was a good win to get. 134, 118. They got the Bucks Thursday night. So you're listening to this probably late Wednesday or early Thursday morning. Tough back-to-back there to play play Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's at home playing right now. So they're going to travel, get in for tomorrow's game. Giannis Antetokounmpo got ejected in tonight's game as well. Uh, got a second technical foul, so he will not uh, finish that one out for them. So it's going to be interesting. I think that they've been a team that's been kind of trying to figure out who they are as a team and their identity. Looks like there's some holes in that defense, and I'm hoping that Tyrese Halliburton has much more than two field goal attempts in the first half against the Bucks team. He's going to have to prioritize being a more aggressive scorer early on. And look, there is no Drew Holiday there anymore, or, you know, to to be going up against. I think that the Bucks yeah, defensively, that is really where they're weak this year compared to years past, where they had plenty of guys on, you know, uh, an all defensive ballot. You know, whether it was Brook Lopez being a defensive player of the year, you know, candidate, or Giannis winning it, or Drew Holiday being, you know, just a really good defender. I think there's an opportunity there, but I don't want to. Get ahead of ourselves. Look, would I would I love to beat the Bucks? Of course, but I want to see not that much of a difference between the Pacers and the Bucks if we're not going to win. Because you looked at how we played against Boston. I know there was no Tyrese, yeah, no Jalen Smith, but you know, a fifty-one point beating was just like it felt like we didn't even belong on the same court as them. I want to see a competitive game, and I. I think we're going to learn a lot in in, in this game because the Pacers have been a different team ever since that loss to Boston. I really feel that that woke them up, humbled them, and they really got to work despite, you know, obviously losing to Charlotte in that that span and a heartbreaker. I think that this Milwaukee game at home, great test for the Pacers. No, I think it's a great test. You're right. And and this Bucs team does have some holes, and I don't think they're nearly as diverse as they were no. When they had Drew. I, I, I like Dame Lillard. I think he's a really great player. Offensively, it's I mean the Pacers defense is gonna be 
in big trouble trying to guard this team. So I'm not sure if anybody will sit out in the second night of a back-to-back. That's one thing to look at too for the Bucks. I'm not. I'm. I would assume they don't because they're still trying to establish some chemistry and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But you know, this Pacers team they lost on a on the second night of a back-to-back against Charlotte, like you said, by one point, and they went to a ten-man rotation at that point, and it did not look good. And that that second quarter was just abysmal. So it's a one-game sample size, not big enough, obviously, but. Right now, the Pacers own one on the second night of a back-to-back, so you hope that that is not the case moving forward. And they really need this win because their schedule is going to get a little bit tougher moving forward. They're going to be on the road a little bit more. And when you're at home court, this is when you have to win some of these tough games against some of this better competition because you got to, you know, separate yourself from that. Oh, we're you know pretenders, but we're going to make the play-in pack. You want to get into that top six level of teams and really solidify yourself early on as like. We're no joke. We're the Pacers. We're deep. We've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. And I'm hoping, like you said, that Celtics loss did wake them up. But yeah. I think that the Hornets loss, the way that that was like, you had a big blowout and a one point loss, two you know two or three games right there in a, in about a four day stretch. So I think that also kind of woke them up too. Like, okay, we can't play around with anybody. We got to make sure we take care of business when it's time to take care of business. We got to be professional about things. And that's why with Utah, like, yeah, Utah's not a great team. But being able to get over that early deficit, get back on the winning ways and figure things out, that's the way that this team needs to establish themselves moving forward. They cannot allow slip-ups in an 82-game schedule because, yeah, you might say, oh, it's just one loss. Well, those add up. And at the end of the season when it's 43-39 and and you're in the play-in versus the playoffs because you lost the game that you should have won, well, you know, you can't. You got to look back at the games that happened in November because they all count towards that record. They do. I'm just a little bit worried because this is the third game in four nights yeah. for the Pacers. They've been at home uh, for all three of them, which is and very that, 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 that absolutely helps. You know, and as you always love to say, they get to sleep in their own bed. You know, yeah, that's, that's true, that's, though. That's It is. Look, I mean, look. I'm going to hotel to sleep with, in your own bed. Very particular guy with my pillows. I mean, I need a certain amount of pillows. They need to be just, just stiff enough. Guy. So, Wasn't expecting that to be on the bingo card tonight. Big time. I mean... I don't want to get too far into it, but if I don't have enough pillows, we got a problem. What are we talking about here? How many pillows do you need? Way more than you think I need. All six? Right? I, it used to be six. Once, 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 you know, once Amy came into the picture, it really like started to lower to like three to four for myself. But Goodness, um, where do you put these pillows? I got them all propped up. One's like behind the neck, and there's one that leans on there. I got to hold one, and then there, you know, there might be one if I roll over. But this is so this is where, you know, if you're, if you're a particular pillow guy, you want to sleep in your own bed. And that's what the Pacers have been able to do lately. It is important. Oh, I man, just I worry. It. Third game, four nights, Milwaukee Bucks. I, I just don't want to have us be like, well, you know, of course, that's one you can chalk up to. You know, it, it's been tough. It's on a back to back. So I just want to see how these Pacers respond in this game, because it, it is NBA TV. It is is a team that you expect to be competing for an NBA championship. You want to get a good feel of where you're at. You're going to learn it against, uh, you know, a former NBA champion of just a few years ago and one that could very well be, you know, going for it again. And the Bucks are currently down 111 to 103 with five minutes and 43 seconds left. Excuse me, 111 to 104 with 540 left to the Detroit Pistons at home. So Ooh, it's a close a game. Time. They're going to be playing some heavy minutes besides Giannis who got ejected. But right now I'm looking at it, and it looks like Dame has played 28. 
Jay Crowder's played 31. Uh, Bo Champs played 27. So, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting team. I There are some cracks in that Milwaukee team, I'm telling you. There is, there is. I hope to be able to expose it, but, man, it's just like, uh, to make it even worse, if the Bucks lose to the Pistons. They got to come back and win this for us to have a better chance, I think. Yeah, exactly. If they lose this game, one, they're definitely not resting anybody. And two, they're going to be like, all right, this Indiana game is a get-right game. But I want to just keep running them and just, you know, get some of those older legs in there like Damian Lillard, get them a little bit more tired. So um, we'll see what we can do. You know, maybe this was a, a good plan by the Pacers to be able to say, hey, with Milwaukee tomorrow, maybe that is why you only play a guy like Miles Turner, you know, 10 minutes in the second half. I mean – because uh, if you look at it, you know, guys like Halberd played 31. Obviously, we talked about Matherin played 38. But Turner playing just 23, I think that's going to be good to keep him fresh. So yeah. hopefully hopefully that pays off. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, McConnell in the past, you know, if you think about it, McConnell's best game last year was against Milwaukee. We got him in the back know. pocket. We, we got him if we need him. And and, and that, uh, that definitely helps. But one thing I want to highlight, Mark Monteith uh, posted a picture of T.J. McConnell with his arm around Andrew Nimhard. Just Aaron Nimhard. Yeah, he did say Aaron Nimhard, and someone said, who's Aaron Nimhard? And I thought I, I spelled something wrong. So I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that wasn't me. That, yeah, Mark spelled it wrong, whatever. But I thought to myself, like, that's exactly what won't show up on the box score is, like, mm. T.J. McConnell is not getting in, and he is still such a professional with this team. that, like, that That's what you need. And it it brought me back to like how everybody said James Johnson was it was so vital. He was barely even playing. So it's just like, guys, I know everybody always dreams of having that roster spot for someone else. We're only playing nine guys right now. So yeah. I don't really know who else can we can trade for at this time without giving up core pieces and expect for that person to also be able to contribute. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in for you know for the Pacers because they didn't need to clean up their rotation. They need to get guys that are on the outside looking in somewhere else potentially to get more of a chance to play. I don't know if TJ McConnell is necessarily that guy, but I do think that a guy like Daniel Tice, maybe even Jordan Mora, would benefit from being traded to a team that can give them some more minutes just so they can kind of showcase what they're doing, especially since they're both kind of in contract years. You know, Tice with an expiring – or excuse me, a team option and Jordan with a, with an expiring. And then McConnell, he's got a player or a team option that's partially guaranteed. So – you know, I, I love that though that you that you brought that up because I did see that and I was like, you know, that's really good of Mark to catch that. And I've noticed that he's always one of the first guys to, you know, congratulate the guys when they come back off off the court when they go to the bench when they make their first substitutions or when it's a close game. Like he's up there just like really rallying the bench and being a being a good teammate. So, like you said, he's being a true pro about it. And Rick Carlisle, when he talked to him and kind of came out and said it after the Wizards game and talked about how he had a hard conversation with TJ McConnell one that almost brought him to tears he said TJ told him yeah I, I understand your decision I don't agree with it but you know I'm going to be a professional about it and that is why guys like TJ McConnell stick around in this league because they're pros they come to work they work hard every day very very quality basketball player like I know I brought up Bill Simmons podcast earlier but he even talked about like the Spurs they're a team that could use a floor general like a TJ McConnell even though they're not going to really win any games but just have someone out there that can actually run the point. He's like, he's sitting out in the rotation with the Pacers. Give him over to San Antonio, do a trade there, figure something out where he can go and kind of help them just kind of get their their offense running. I was like, yeah, I mean, 
McConnell could be really valuable for a lot of teams that don't have such strength at the point guard depth, which was what the Pacers have. So great point to bring up. I do think if the Pacers are to move McConnell, I, I think it would be in their best interest to wait until the trade deadline because his impact on this team, it's still too early. It, it, he's ha- he's going to have a big impact behind the scenes that it's like, let's at least wait and see. You never know what could happen. You know, God forbid anything happens to Halliburton or, or Nimhard, all of a sudden everything changes. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something that you don't want to jump the gun and just uh, acquire, you know, a second round draft pick and, and some filler at this point, that second round pick ain't going to do anything for you this year uh, during the season. So might as well wait. But for right now, I, I think that, Hey, the Pacers are five and three last year. They were three and five mm. at this time. And, and when I tweeted out, how does everybody feel about this Pacers team? Everybody had that. We should be six and two, or we should be seven and one. And it's like, guys, calm on. Can we, we should be happy for a minute here. We should, I get it. But I'm not going to still harp on blowing the Chicago game or or the Charlotte game. I'm happy with what I'm seeing because this is progress. We went from a rebuild, which we're still you know, in the process of, to having the top offense in the league with fantastic ball movement. Like, little by little, guys. I mean, you mentioned right when we hopped on this show, the fourth place Indiana Pacers. Mm, say it again, Fachi. The fourth place Indiana Pacers. There's only three teams in the East right now with five wins. Us, Boston, and Philly. How about that? How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Put that in your pipe and smoke it, all you Mm -hmm. haters. So that's great. And you know what? Rick Carlisle, 900 and first win. We're going to talk about that one. Milestone game for him. Well, hey, 901. It's great. You know, 900 sounds a little bit more significant, but at the same point. 902 sounds pretty good for tomorrow. 902 sounds great. We're chasing 902. And, you know, keep chipping away at at the history books. Rick, we appreciate you. And uh, let's keep the celebration going. Well, let's hope that we can get to as many wins tomorrow as Fachi has pillows in his bed. We're going for number six tomorrow, Fachi. Tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod. STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPod, STP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace of Pacers Podcast. Subscribe. Let us know what you think in the comments section. And you can watch me and Fachi's reactions to these little funny comments that we make towards one another. It's a lot more of a, a fun dynamic seeing it on camera than just hearing it on a podcast. But it's still it's still great whether it's just audio or not. But I will say, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you go ahead and do that and let us know what you think on the YouTube channel. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. And once again, check out my articles, 10 Thoughts on Every Single Game Plus, Fan of the Week features. Make sure you guys check that out at theblueandgold.substack.com. But Fachi, if you're excited for the Pacers to continue on their winning ways and close out this home stretch here with another victory against the Bucks, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a-